Good afternoon, Crystal Audison standing in for Pippa on lunch. Now it's time for our regular conversation on a Monday with the Carte Blanche team. Now this week, the team um, showed us, or last night at least, an exclusive insert um, called Operation Nemo. And to be very honest, Cape Talkers, I it was very shocking for me and I actually found it quite difficult to watch, especially as a mother of an 11-year-old. Um, for me, just watching the parents, it certainly took courage and bravery for the parents to actually speak to the carte blanche team. Now, the episode tells the story and the horrific story of sexual abuse at several of South Africa's top elite boys schools, the impact on survivors um, more and the, the risk and of course the sad um, stories of those that committed suicide and they also followed the investigation into a teacher from a top Joburg school. Um, X, um, at least social media, was also a buzz with comments and some one comment from a mother was saying shocking story and I don't think sexual abuse of children is limited to elite schools. Kids are vulnerable everywhere. Now, for more on this insert, we're speaking to producer Kate Barry. Good afternoon, Kate, and thank you so much for joining us today. Good afternoon, Crystal. Kate, so um, as I said, for me, it was, you know, it was quite horrific to watch. Um, But for those who didn't watch it, can you just give us a recap of um, this um, story told um, and, you know, that you produced? (coughs) Well, we followed uh, what is called Operation Nemo. And Operation Nemo is a special police investigation into the targeting of school children by uh, coaches, sports coaches, more especially aquatic coaches at top schools in the country. Um, I think it came about primarily because of the, the issue with water polo coaches. If you'll remember, there was a, there was a, an offender perpetrator at Parktown Boys a few years ago, Colin Rex. Yes. He was imprisoned, um, but he, clearly he's not the only one. Um, so we, we basically just followed that uh, investigation and we showcased the, the head of that investigation, who's a woman called Colonel Hela Niemand, uh, um, a top cop literally a top cop. She's been uh, congratulated in Parliament for the good work she's done in uh, investigating crimes against children. And um, she's brought many perpetrators to book. And she was brought in as part of the organized crime unit, uh, which we found very interesting because um, she's, uh, the organized crime unit has taken this on because as soon as there's two or more uh, perpetrators that are linked by a particular crime or set of circumstances or even through WhatsApp messages in this case, uh, it's regarded as a syndicate. Mm. So Kate, it may not be a paedophile ring, but it, the, it's seen as organized crime. Very interesting. Okay, so before we go there, I just want us to start with, I mean, the fact that you had two parents um, opening yes. up to you. I mean, I thought that was just incredible. And I mean, I, I remember um, Julio's Muardo's mother saying, my son's innocence was murdered. I mean, that line yeah. just shook me, Kate. I mean, how did you get the parents to, 
I mean, it, it was brave for them to open up. Incredibly brave. Um, you know, to be honest, Julia's mother came to us. Um, I think that her family has been understandably ripped to shreds by the death of Julia. Absolutely. Um, they, the perpetrator, it, uh, although he's been identified, has not yet been convicted. And the, the Mordor family went through many years of trauma with Julia, not knowing what the problem was. They didn't know what had happened to him. So they had a teenager who was depressed, who was anxious. He clearly had um, was suffering from complex PTSD, but he couldn't verbalize what it was or perhaps had blocked out what had happened to him. And although he was an exceptionally bright young boy, a very talented gymnast, his life, well, his life, you know, he couldn't live. Mm. He was t- totally um, handicapped by what had happened to him. And it's, you know, it was only when it came out and other boys came forward at St. John's College um, that he could then actually verbalize that he too had been a victim. Yeah. And, uh, Kate, I mean, one of the lines that also just, you know, was just heartbreaking was the dangerous place that she had ever sent her son to was school, which is supposed to be the yes. safest place. You also managed yes. to speak to another father who also sadly lost his son um, at St. Andrews. Yes, um, the Kruger family very tragically lost their, their son Thomas. In 2018, he was a 16-year-old boy um, at St. Andrews College in Grahamstown um, who allegedly had some strange, some sort of very, very close but inappropriate relationship with a water polo coach. And there too, their son could never really verbalize what was going on. And just... It's terribly moving and terribly sad to meet families like this that have, I I just think, I don't know how they will recover from the loss that they've experienced. And, you know, Kate, just watching it, and I was discussing with um, our producer, Maxine, how it it was just so heart wrenching. I it like just listening to the parents, Kate, and I I thought of you as the storyteller. I mean, for me as a journalist, you know, you always also bring yourself to the story, and just listening to those parents. And as you point out, I just don't think you ever recover from this. But but on the issue that you had mentioned, I mean, the top cop, Colonel Niemand, you mentioned that she was FBI trained. Clearly, that yeah. commitment. And, you know, trying to get justice for the parents really comes through her story, Kate. Yes, she really she really is extraordinary and very committed, very dedicated and driven. I think it's so refreshing to see that in an investigator. Um, and I think, obviously, it is her hope that by, by people watching this, that other children will speak out. Um, whether these are victims that have been victimized in the past, but they will come forward um, with their stories. That you know, there's so many disincentives for children not to speak out, especially when they're still at school. But even after that, um, one of the what, one of the things she said is that um, 
many of them are now elite athletes and they don't want to be associated uh, with this kind of crime. Uh, another thing is that um, if it's male on male abuse, they don't want to be seen as gay. Mm. As if they're going to somehow catch gayness. Um, and obviously that is that is ridiculous. So um, it's quite extraordinary to, to meet this colonel and to see the facilities that are available to her in Pretoria. It's a public-private partnership with a, with a financial institution that have put all their, their resources at her disposal. Um, which, yeah, it was, a, it was a revelation for us to see that. Mm. And I think, you know, when you meet people like um, Colonel Niemand, you, you do then feel, you know, someone is serious about this and there's going to be some justice. I mean, as you had mentioned, I also thought it was interesting um, around the kind of Grey College, more than six, well, 62 victims, no one came forward. Yes. But then this mm. teacher ended up in Australia and within about two years he got arrested and charged? Yeah, incredible. You know, so this is Dean Carlson, who was um, a teacher at Grey High School. School, yes. In Port Elizabeth, in Kodaka. Um And he, you know, complaints were made and issues, the warning bells were sounded over 20 years ago about him and about his relationship with, with young kids and his predilection for young boys, 13-year-old boys. But those warning bells were ignored because he was a star coach. Uh, he's a very well-known coach, and he, he was very well-loved at all the schools he went to. So when he went, he, he, even though he was dismissed because there were you know dodgy things happening, um, he was able to go to Australia and teach in Australia. And I don't know if the Australians just never asked or there was no mm. um, due diligence done on his teaching record, but um, he, he was convicted after two years, actually I think even sooner than that. He was dismissed from the school because he had been found to be grooming a 13-year-old boy. And when he was finally arrested, they found over 2,000 images of um, of porn, actually, pornographic mm. images um, on his phone. So he was convicted and he was sentenced to two years imprisonment, which he served, and then was um, deported back to South Africa. Oh. And the Australian police found, um, they said there were 62 victims that had been groomed by Carl in South Africa. And what they mean by that is that he had in fact, posed as a as a girl online, as a teenage girl, and he had encouraged, he'd formed relationships, online r- relationships with boys, and then encouraged them to send him pictures, revealing pictures of themselves. Uh, but the Australians never gave Colonel Niemand the names oh. of those victims, and that apparently is because there is no um, mutual legal treaty between ourselves and Australia okay. Kate, and so he was able then to go to the UK um, and and work at a children's camp at a Butlins holiday camp as a as a, a lifeguard and uh, sorry I just wanted to say that this is uh, what the experts call a career offender so these are men who will 
choose careers that give them access to children. Um, and then they will just stay in their jobs and move from school to school or job to job that has access to children. And they can apparently abuse three to 400 children over the span of their careers. So, you know, it's just so important that people do, do speak up. And no, it, yes, to, to stop it. No, definitely. No. I'm in conversation with Kate Berry. She's a producer from Carte Blanche. Did a horrific, but so such an important story about sexual grooming at some of our country's top elite boys' schools. And she managed to actually tell us the story of two parents and they sadly their sons who committed suicide. So, Kate, in closing. I mean, of course, this is a story that's going to stay with you, that's going to stay with me and many other viewers that watched it. I mean, in your opinion, I mean, you've you've done different stories over your career lifespan. Do you think there's ever going to be justice for the parents? <laughs> Gosh, well, I think most certainly in the case um, of, of St. John's College, that um, suspects have already been arrested the the boy you know the other victims have come forward apparently there are over 15 complainants in that case um in the case of the st andrews college groomer um the police say look the investigation is ongoing and we we will we will carry on with it and i think it is the nature of um of abuse that as as kids get older and as they mature and maybe have their own children, they eventually realize that they do have to speak up and they can, and they can their charges. So um, perhaps, yeah, it's, it's really hard to. Mm. Although, to be honest, I don't know if they, when you've lost a child, I don't think there's anything worse than that. And so in such sure. a horrific way too. Yeah, I think, yes, you know, there's... Charles Kruger said to me, it's just the worst thing because you've lost your child and you can't understand why he's committed suicide. And then there's the added doubt about this teacher who had this odd relationship and there's the doubt. So hopefully one day um, yeah, and there will be some sort of justice. Yeah, and thank you, Kate, because you, of course, you know, were able to bring us the story and actually show us and tell us. And, you know, through the camera, we met these parents and we, of course, hope that there will be justice for the children. Thank you so much for your time, Kate. Thank you very much, Kristen. That was Kate Berry from Carte Blanche. And she last night told us the very important but also horrific story of um, sexual abuse at some of our country's top boys' elite schools.